name is Melissa Noel Lambert, and I'm running for the 99th District State Representative position under the Green Party ticket. I'm running because I think that housing rates are way too high in this area. Nobody can afford them. I believe that we need to treat addiction with cannabis instead of addicted chemicals. And I would like to see the racism and discrimination in this town end. So please, if you're interested in any of those issues, please vote for me. Green Party ticket. Thank you. Senate of the great state, Tennessee. As an independent endorsed by the Green Party candidate, I'm a 43-year-old Christian from Newbrandar County, Tennessee. Also, I'm a Penn Foster High graduate with honors in management, economics, personal computers, home inspection, and children's services. I support the federal job guarantee, Medicare for all, education, infrastructure, the war on poverty, and the Green New Deal. Well, when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic, I propose a $4 trillion COVID-19 relief package that provides free masks to everyone, set more PPE and medical equipment, more funding for coronavirus research, and to create a safe and effective vaccine, forgive student loan debt, provide laptops and broadband Wi-Fi to all current school students as we switch to online education. Incentives for rent, mortgage, utilities, cable, satellite, phone, student loan, school meals, forgiveness, and freezes. $600 per week unemployment. Eliminate the work requirement and increase SNAP benefits. Universal school. Of conversation with the socialist. I am here with Jordan Hardy. Uh, you uh, you are the uh, secretary of uh, the Ohio Green Party, is that right? Or well, I'm the press secretary of the Ohio Green Party. Yeah, and I'm also in charge of the uh, Warren County Green Party. That is an interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't I haven't been here that long, but uh, long enough, I think. So, well, how long have you been in the Green Party? Um. Well, I, I suppose I've, I, I've been, technically, my party affiliation's been green since around 2016, mm. which is when I uh, first voted for Jill Stein. Okay. Um, I, I've been doing a little bit of activism here and there ever since. Um, I was mainly in uh, Socialist Alternative, like, around that time. But, um, I don't know, like, this this past year or so, I've uh, sort of, like, um, moved gradually kind of moved away from them, and I've been pretty much full-time in the Green Party. Mm. So... Uh, that's when I like became the press secretary. Now, now I think we were when we were first getting to know each other through text messages. You said that I thought you said that, that you were you pretty much had two uh, two uh, hats in the party. Is that hats? Two hats. Yeah, you wear two hats. Like yeah, more 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 responsible than just the just the one thing you do. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's uh it's the press secretary like the broad Ohio party, which is like the entire party for Ohio, and then also like just the general secretary of the Warren County Green Party, which is, like, where I live in Warren County. Right. So, uh, that would explain the Warren, uh, the, the Warren Green Party ticket, uh, uh, sticker you uh, sent me as well. Yes, yes. So, uh, we, we're, we're um, 
we're sort of just getting started. We got a couple members, but um, the plan is to grow it and expand it to become like a real local force um, politically. Um, so I guess long-term goals like run for uh, local uh, local office. We'll, we'll play by here, but that, that's basically yeah. what we're shooting for. The, the Green Party's really focused on like local elections and stuff. So, yeah. it also it also depends on if we get um, a minor minor party recognition from the state of Ohio, which depends on the election um, cycle and how how much support we get. But um, yeah, the past few years they've just been like gradually raising the bar for like if we're even recognized as a political party. And if, if you want to appear on the ballot, um, if you're a Republican or Democrat, you got to get 50 signatures. If you're a recognized minor party, um, which usually um, there's only like a couple, like right now only the Libertarian Party is recognized. You just got to get 25 signatures. But if you're running as an independent, um, I, I have to check the exact number. I believe it's 1% of the people in the district that you're running that... Um, uh, voted in the governor race, so you're at a very minimum. You're getting several thousand signatures. Mm-hmm. In some areas you might be getting up to like a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. which by the time you've collected all those signatures, I mean the race is probably over. You know, but yeah. it's very much rigged against you. So yeah. we're, we're uh, just gonna see um, how we're how we're doing in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, well, I told you I'm from Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was very happy to know that Howie Hawkins actually got on the ballot in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I uh, it's funny that um, his uh, campaign manager Andrea, I forget her last name, um, sent sent out a picture while uh, while they were in the U District. Me and my fiance used to live in the U District. In fact, nice. uh, we moved from the U District to Ballard in Seattle, uh, and. When I interviewed Howie uh, during that same day, in fact, um, uh, I told him that we had moved to Ohio because it was one of the cheaper places. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, we're in the HUD right now because we can't afford an actual apartment yet. Right. Um, and one of the reasons why I actually started the podcast was not only to get involved politically, but also to make some money. <laughs> right. <laughs> like everybody else does, like everything else. Right. And also trying to get some awareness around, like, um, Green Party and, and just independent left socialist parties. Yeah. Um, and are you going to watch the, uh, the, the third party debate on uh, the 24th? Yes, definitely. I, I watched the last one. I think they were having some, like, IT issues, so I was kind of bouncing around between YouTube oh, and Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I couldn't tell where to go. Uh, I, I looked on the website. It said it was on YouTube and it was on uh, uh, Facebook. Facebook, yep. yeah, the majority of it was on there. Then it yep. got cut out. But then, uh, like, ten minutes later, so I got put back on. Yep. I was it, really banging my head against the wall with that. Because, like, I'm in IT, and I was like, oh, you just have to do this. It's so easy. But, like, I'm not there. So. <laughs> um, my first thought is that I could have done it my cell phone. Just yep. go just sit, sit there and pan. That's what you have to do. <laughs> but, uh, not here or there right now. Anyway, uh, right. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've, been, I've been trying to promote that as well as pretty much every single candidate in every single state that is running. Uh, nice. Um, I usually do a, uh, I call them a roll call, 
yeah. the actual website, and then I'll check to see the ones that I have uh, are still running for you know, especially for November, and then I'll call out each and every name, where they're from, what they're going for. Yeah, and that's I, how you do it. Well, that's why you usually do. But yesterday I was so darn tired with everything else going on today. I'm like, "Eff it! I'll just go on live. I'll just kind of pan and went down with the live. I'll, you got my, you got my uh, Jakarta Bagada that that that's me on Facebook. Yeah. But look, I did a lot of just kind of like this. And just kind of like, okay, yeah, these are if you're in this, if you're in the city, if you're in the state, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been doing it pretty much off and on for for a better part of like three months. Right. I started in the Seattle, continued in, uh, in Tiffin, Ohio, where we first landed. Yep. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. And, 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 and like, with the pandemic, everyone, everyone can do a Zoom call, you know, like, at that, like, before, before 2020, like, no, I don't think anyone knew what Zoom was. So, like, you just say, oh, yeah, join my Zoom meeting, we'll do a podcast. Like, it's so much easier now, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I was trying to do a, the YouTube thing, yeah, it's yeah. harder to get a thousand subscribers. Yep. I've been doing this podcast and anchor for a better part, maybe two months, and I've already at least gotten uh, two supporters and gotten at least nice. four dollars. Yeah, that's good. So I'm like, okay, that's a lot better than YouTube at least, as far as that part goes. But I do right. I, uh, once I'm able to get some um, ink cartridges for, for the printer we have. Yeah. I want to actually do a um, a daily news thing on my YouTube and turn that into more of a leftist socialist news network of sorts. Nice, yeah. That's what I want to do. It might be like the leftist version of TYT. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, we need more like independent, like grassroots journalism for sure out there. Yeah, and uh, obviously it'll be headquartered here in Columbus, or at least for the nice. main time. And depending on what happens in selection, uh, may or may not move out of the country. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'm feeling that. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, I I have looked at other we have looked at other countries and I'm like, okay, what except Social Security because I have my Social Security. What yep. where to live in and what do you get for it for the tax you do pay? Yep. And other like Norway, Norway is better. And yep. right, I think it's like eighteen thousand dollars as far as, far as uh, my money would be in, but nice. it's important in, in their currency. Um, right. Again, it's neither here nor there. But anyway. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I've had the thought. I'm like, you know, like Germany seems really nice right now. <laughs> of course, I, I don't know German. Yeah, I don't either. I, I'd have to learn it. But like I'm, I'm in the process of uh, teaching myself Albanian right now because I'm, uh, I'm writing a, a book about um, the history of like Stalinism in Albania. Mm. It, it's a little dark because like I'm sort of focusing on like human rights abuses. Like I'm trying to give like an objective picture, like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. But there, there is a lot of ugly there. So like um, I'm trying to learn Albanian so I can go over there and like interview people. Uh, it's it, it's basically like. Uh, like I guess there was some good things that happened, but it, it's mostly like a here's how, like how not to do socialism. Yeah. Like, which I mean, socialism is such an ambiguous term. Like, well, I almost don't like using it, but like I kind of have to. Because um, well, the, the way the way I look at the word socialism, I go by the policies and yep. the, what people have used it for. 
because yep. the Nazis were a socialist in right. part, but they were more the right wing version of it. Yeah. Now, like when it's happening today, socialism for the corporatist. Yeah. We need the opposite socialism. Socialism. That, that's why a lot of times another thing I do also is uh, not only uh, uh, explain what socialism and the actual definition of it is. But yep. the noun portion of it, um, but also the business in uh, Loomis uh, uh, Business School has a definition for it as well. And it goes like point by point by point. Yep. Then it has a part in the middle of it where it says, explain the uh, the opposite side of this. But it says free market, I'm like, well, the free market nowadays is more manipulated too by those same people that take, take advantage of the opposite direction of the economic the portion of it. Yep. Like, they take more of the, um, we, we'll use this way for our advantage as well in the free yep. market system. So there's actually no real free market system anymore since they've actually been able to take taxpayer money and give themselves bailouts and be able to buy more than their own stock, which artificially, <laughs> artificially inflates the market. Yep. Means that they can sit there and uh, not have to worry about reinvesting in their own companies, but allow them to allow their stocks to go down, sell them at a higher price, then repurchase them at a lower price, just keep doing the same old recycling of it. Yep, it's it's very corrupt, and like you really do have to go down to like the dictionary definition of socialism, which is just like um, like public ownership, and, like or per public or workers ownership and social like control of the means of production or democratic control of the means of production. That's like the economic sense of the word. Politically, I think I would say like more just like democratization, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's so ambiguous. And then you have like state socialism, which I think in modern times we I think like the socialist movement has kind of realized like how badly that went in like the twentieth century. Now there there are still like um, trends of socialism that try to like the proper term is historical negationism. Um, most people call it historical revisionism, where it's like, oh, well, like, Stalin wasn't that bad and stuff. And I, I try to distance myself from, like, those kind of kinds of people, just because, like, I, I've read so much history and, like, political science to know that, like, um, like, this isn't, like, like, socialism at its best takes the best of the Enlightenment tradition and tries to, like, drastically improve on it, I think. Um, so... It's really about defending democracy, expanding democracy on, under a frame. Because, I mean, even democracy, like, on its own isn't necessarily a good thing. I mean, you can have a really reactionary or, like, oppressive democracy. Like, the tyranny of the majority is a real thing. It can be. So you want to have democracy within a framework that respects human rights. And I think socialism at its best tries to do that. You know, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Murray Bookchin. Um, if you know who that is, he's sort of... Um, uh, a communalist. He's like the founder of communalism, social ecology. Um, very, um, some people have described his ideas as sort of like a rational compromise between like anarchism and Marxism, mm. which I think is good. And I, I mean like a rational compromise and that it takes the best of both and it's not like too like crazy. Um, like the Kurds in Rojava, because I'm also involved with Civitas, which is, uh, an organization in Cincinnati, based in Cincinnati, that um, basically promotes like um, solidarity with the Kurds in Rojava and defending them from like Turkey and ISIS. But you know, they're 
they've basically um, taken over this portion of um, northeast Syria that was abandoned by the Assad regime uh, during the Syrian civil war, and they've established their own like autonomous region. Um, it's really like a stateless democracy in the heart of the Middle East. It actually like more or less works. Um, now, if I could, I'd go over there and like just like observe and like see. Because, I mean, at this point, this is, like, the first real experiment with this kind of uh, society. So kind of like did what Madeline Hoffman did. A little bit, yeah. I saw the news conference that she and other, other people had uh, a few years ago where she where she went over there with a, with a delegation, I guess you would call it, uh, of other uh, humanitarian people and went around yep. people, uh, who they think was starting on the whole thing and a lot of them are saying it was because it was outside. It was outside interference, kind of like what happened. Kind of like what happened in the protests. You know, like, like you have a lot of people who are coming out from outside of the state, outside of the uh, of that of that of that state, and causing yep. a lot of trouble and blaming it on other factions when it was actually saying like somebody who was, was not even involved in those factions that are involved in the protest. Yep, and I'm not I'm not too familiar with that example, but. Um... I know it's the, the way the way I explain it is um, basically it, it is it is a form of libertarian socialism that they're implementing, but it's mainly their political structure that really fascinates me. Like they've managed, like you know, the excuse the U.S. has had to go into um, like the Middle East—it's always been in the name of like democracy and democratizing yeah. the region. But they've more or less failed horribly. I mean, like sure, Iraq has like. Uh, democracy right now but like it's not i i don't think it's at the level that like most people would want but like the kurds they went in and they they've basically built a system of stateless uh semi-direct democracy that's uh secular like it it respects religious plurality and it's feminist it respects gender equality in the middle east which is just radical you know and, like, a lot of people don't know about this, so that's sort of why I'm involved with Civitas and, like, you know, I think they're, the, the, one of the worst things I think Trump's ever done, which there's a lot of things that are really bad that Trump's done, but was uh, uh, pulling out there, because, I mean, it was one of the few instances where um, people throwing, uh, like, rocks at U.S. convoys were throwing at the U.S. convoys for leaving the region, not entering it, because <laughs> we were basically there to deter Turkey, but... So I'm going off a little bit of a tangent here. Um, <laughs> not exactly Green Party related. But, um, oh, that's all good. Yeah, definitely for the listeners, Google Mary Bookshin, look up Virgin Alpha. Um, Howie Hawkins actually was uh, good friends with Bookshin for many decades. I think he co-authored third a book with them. I mean, they had some uh, political disagreements um, in terms of like party organization. Like Bookshin was more focused on like local stuff. It was very skeptical of political parties. Howie, you know, basically the co-founder of the Green Party. Yeah. <laughs> Had some disagreements there. I'm more side with Howie, but um, it's just interesting stuff. Did you, did you happen to uh, see a Jimmy Dore live uh, interview a couple nights ago that you had with Howie Hawkins? Oh, I didn't. I, I, try to, I try to look at that stuff whenever I see it, but I know Howie does right. a lot of live I, stuff. I was, I was looking at it a little bit, and it was almost like Jimmy Dore was kind of like um, almost making fun of him in a way. Oh, for, yeah. For the uh, CIA stuff, I'm like, my first thought, when I looked at the, the old footage, one, they republished it, uh, the, the, the network that, that uh, Howie Hawkins did the uh, piece with, 
they re- yep. they they republished it uh, as if it was six months ago, but it was actually like a year and a half ago. Yep. Two, Howie Hawks was not wrong. Yep. Everything that he said transpired. Yep. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was saying uh, CIA uh, uh, talking points. He was literally saying facts. Yep. Of what happened. So, I, a lot of people online that uh, that would be promoting the Green Party, Howie Hawkins, and his candidacy before he got the actual nomination, they would come back with that whole thing. I'm like, he wasn't wrong. Right. And so, there's... I'm not completely familiar with that example, but, like, there's a lot of stuff where the people are like, oh, but, like, because, like, on the left, there's a lot of people that are, I mean, myself included, critical of, like, U.S. foreign policy, like, a lot of the stuff, like, U.S. government does, but, like, at the same time, like, I think a lot of people, they they go go to this point where they're, like, everything America does is bad, and I think, I personally think that's kind of dangerous, it's, like, I think we, we do get a lot right. But we do get a lot wrong too. So it's like, oh, like the CIA. This is a CIA talking point. I'm like, yeah. I mean, like human rights are a CIA talking point, at least officially. You know, well, unless they're killing well, like a country. <laughs> like well, the thing about that is the fact that a lot of the time they they, they call uh, the uh, the human rights violations are by countries that are not doing human rights violations. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they, sometimes they are, yeah. But a lot of times they're not. Is yep. a propaganda tool to get more heat on that on that same country to, to get things like sanctions going and stuff of that nature. Um, oh yeah, it's very hypocritical the way they do it. I mean, like yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll go after some like Latin American country for like human rights violations. And granted, a lot of times there are, but and then they'll like totally ignore you know Turkey like um, arresting journalists or like like, arresting people for speaking, like, a Kurdish language, or they're totally ignore, like, Saudi Arabia not letting women drive, or, yeah. like, or, like, I guess, like, during the Cold War, they'll totally ignore, like, uh, Pinochet's Chile, like, throwing, like, thousands of people out of helicopters and, like, creating a brutal police state with, like, mass atrocities and human rights violations, just because it, like, supports U.S. geopolitical interests. Yeah, it's, it's very, um, I'm, I, you know, it's funny, like, when I, when I was in high school, I actually, like, I was very naive. I actually wanted to join the NSA. <laughs> I learned about like the mass surveillance no, stuff. You, 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 hey, if you have the intelligence, well, why not? But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe one day the U.S. will uh, get its shit together and you know stop but, spying on its own and people. Actually, and actually, that's another thing. Everybody was everybody was saying that how he was against uh, Assange. I'm like, no, he's been saying from the very beginning that Assange should be free. Yep. Yeah. And what's going on there is super messed up. I mean, basically what they're charging, and for people listening who don't know, Assange is the guy who's um, basically created WikiLeaks. Um, uh, basically, he has a journalist degree, and yeah. he, the only reason why he, they're trying to extend is because he give up his other resources or yep. sources to uh, then also have uh, Joseph Manning, yep. who, who I've actually been trying to get on the show, but she won't even type. <laughs> like, okay. Hey, that would be an interview right there. Yeah, no kidding. She's, she's an amazing person. Yeah. yeah. What they're what they're charging Assange with, the precedent that it will set. I mean, it's what CNN does every day. It's what the mainstream yeah. media does every day. Yeah. Um. It would it would essentially criminalize the First Amendment in the United States. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much already have. I 
I mean, that's what Trump yeah. on CNN saying, like, all fake news. And, I mean, he's, he's basically, like, playing with dictatorship of sorts. Like, he's on the line of it. There's the big cool. danger, I think. Yeah. People don't realize it. Like, I, I kind of hope that we're, like, um, like how conservatives were with Obama. Like, just, I, like, I kind of hope we're just being, like, irrationally afraid. But at the same time, I think it is a little different. Like, I, I just watched, like, a, a Trump rally um, on TV a couple days ago. And, like, you say he's joking, but, like, he start, he starts saying, like, four, eight, or 12 more years in office. And, like, the crowd starts chanting 12 more years. And I'm like, you know, I think it was, like, 1951, like, we amended the U.S. Constitution to say that, like, a president can only serve two terms in office. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's no real, there's no real room for loopholes there. I know the, the whole reason for that was because was it Truman? It was somebody who got, like, uh, one in his last side, like, six times. Uh, I forget who it was. I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, a history buff as far as I know. No, I'm no. I, God, who was that? I, was it FDR? I, I don't remember. It, exactly. it, could, have been, it could have been FDR. Uh, well, it could have been Roosevelt, actually. Yeah, I think it was Roosevelt. Uh, yeah, Roosevelt. Uh, Roosevelt came up with the with the New Deal and got Social Security. You know, and he, yeah, and he, he was a Republican. It was, it was I think he was a Republican that that was willing to work with both with, with not only Democrats but also like the the Republicans that they didn't want. Uh, right, like a president that. should. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he he also he also realized that wait, if we don't do this, we're gonna have like a a nationwide mutiny. Yeah, like, they will literally have like everything you would see in like Frankenstein movie. That would be real life. Yep. Except class class stuff like was like I think um, you talk about like class struggle and stuff like and Book Chimp wins this out a lot. Like it was really like raw in the thirties. Like mm-hmm. there, you literally could conceive of, like a socialist or like communist revolution happening in the U.S. Then, like for real, like. Um, like FDR was basically doing what he had to do to like prevent that from happening, basically. Um, you know what? Uh, we, and uh, um, we got to start out a little late. Uh, I think we're actually almost done. Oh yeah. I do thirty minutes, uh, or at least a little bit less than thirty minutes. So I, as I said at the very beginning, I try to like add the uh, Green Prairie members uh, advertisement to like the podcast. Oh yeah. So if I, if I could, so so if I'm able to do that part, then I'll have to actually like in the conversation like from us now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we should definitely do this. Uh, uh, say next week if if you have the time. Yeah, definitely. We can like uh, we can make it a two parter if you want. <laughs> exactly, or more than two. Well, as I said, I'm transparent. I don't really care. You guys need to know what's going on. That's what I do. Anyway, if you want to support this podcast, please lay down a dollar uh, per month that, that will support this channel, or I should <laughs> I'm sorry, this podcast for better technology uh, later date. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, this uh, episode uh, with uh, Jordan Hardy, and uh, and actually me and him are going to do it again uh, next Monday uh, around the same time. I'm hoping that he gets on here um, uh, at three o'clock or maybe a little bit after but anyway um i hope you guys had a um a decent time listening uh drop a dollar for uh for the support and i thank you for listening peace out for now and i'll talk to you tomorrow